John. Hi, Lizzie. How are you doing? Oh, my goodness. I'm doing so well. How are you? I'm good. Talking to Lizzie Hale. How can I be bad? <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's, that's a huge compliment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so the last time I chatted with you, you gave me one of my favorite interviews I've ever done, or a part of an interview. I, I chatted with you and Amy Lee when you were uh, announcing the tour from last year and, of course, that bled into oh, yeah. this year. Absolutely. So... I, I had spoken to Amy the previous year, and I was talking to her about, you know, being a front woman, early 2000s, being thrust into the spotlight with Bring Me to Life, and she's the face of the band. You know, she told me, you know, the difficulties and all that stuff, but then I, I turned it to you, and I just said, somebody fronting a band as a female in rock, and you're trying to get signed, and you're just getting started. What was your opinion of Amy, and what did that mean to you and everything? And we were Zooming at the time. I just watched Amy lean up put her hand on her chin and listened intently to your response, which was a great response. And it just, I asked a good question because I could see how interested she was in your answer. Yeah, she wanted to know. <laughs> That's amazing. But it's good to have some one-on-one -on -one time with you. And since I talked to you, Back from the Dead, number one rock song. The tour was great. I saw you in Camden, New Jersey. It was fantastic. And, well, the new single, oh, The awesome. Steeple, we're, we're playing now. So congratulations on all of that. Oh, thank you so much for the support on that, darling. It's it's uh, I, I'm it's just good to put out new music. I can't I can't wait for the album to come out. It's going to come out on May sixth, and yeah, just uh, it it just feels good to to be doing this again. Awesome. We're we're looking forward to all the new music and of course the new record, like you said, May sixth. Just going back briefly, Evanescence tour. It, it it was amazing in Camden, but how much fun was that tour? Does it look like you guys were having so much fun touring together? Oh my gosh, it it was it was the best way to break back into the scene um, because we all, obviously, you know, we both love each other. We have for years. And and then to get to know Plush, who are shredders, and I think only one of them is 21. <laughs> Everybody is under 21. Um, that was amazing, too, because we would, for the first half of that tour, we literally would, like, go on after them and be like, man, guys, uh, we got to practice. These girls are, like, amazing. And then um, and then the second half of the tour, uh, we got to hang out with Lil Czar for the first time, and she's amazing as well. So it's just, just great to be out with your friends and supporting each other. And then I'm telling you, the audience, man, I, you know, maybe it's a silver lining because of all the things that we kind of, thought we would never get back but the crowds were incredible you just could see everybody's face and they're completely living in the moment what a beautiful time uh, i'm glad you brought up plush we actually have them coming to town in march here in atlantic city opening up for slash and miles kennedy and the conspirators and i've only heard great things oh about my them gosh. yeah that is going to be such a great show and they are going to blow both both miles and slash's mind i i know both Miles and Slash very well, and they're they're very supportive of uh, you know of the young females in the industry, and I know that those girls will not disappoint. Awesome, that's good to hear. Again, back from the dead, the new record May six. I'm sure a lot of this record was recorded and written during the pandemic, and as we're coming out of it, how was it like recording this record as opposed to all the other ones? Um, it was a it was a very different process. You know, um, I think that for the first time ever. Actually, I, I think literally I can say that for the first time ever in our career or, or lifetime of Hailstorm, we we didn't have like a certain future. We didn't have a plan. There was no there was no touring coming up. There was no uh, we were just faced with this uncertain future. And so we had no choice but to kind of put 
all of that energy and everything that we were missing into the music. So again, kind of a silver lining with that. This album is a banger. And for the first time, I was just talking about this earlier uh, to a friend, uh, for the first time ever, this is the first record where we were creating it. I would have these epiphany moments with the guys that were like, guys, I know exactly where they're going to raise their fist. I know exactly where the audience is going to uh, start singing along. I know exactly where everyone's going to, like, Usually what happens is that we, we create the record and then, like, we go out on tour and we figure that stuff out because you leave it up to the audience. But, like, you just know it this time. And I think it's just because we, we had no choice. We had to put all of that energy and all of that, the intuition, all of the, uh, everything that we were missing into this album. So, really, this is everything that we stand for, uh, both lyrically and musically, up to 11 we just we, we basically said well maybe we'll never tour again so we have to put everything <laughs> on this album <laughs> you know so um i i think a lot of people are going to see themselves in it and i think that uh i just can't wait to unleash it to the world i saw you have some tour dates a lot over in europe i think there's some festivals over here in the states uh we should probably see hellstorm on the road more here in the states in 2022 oh absolutely um you can't get rid of us that easy especially after <laughs> In there, like we will play anywhere and everywhere. I promise you. Give me a bowling alley, I'll be there. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, we're, we have a lot of dates planned. Um, we have a couple announcements that we're going to end up uh, throwing out there um, within the next couple weeks. And um, I just can't wait to see everybody. Can't, you know, can't wait to eventually embrace everybody as well. Which <laughs> I don't know which will come first. Maybe it'll come together, but who knows? We're just going to keep pushing it out there. It's been eight and a half years since you've been to Atlantic City. I'll just throw that one out there. Oh my gosh, I know. It's funny because at, at the Hard Rock in Atlantic City is like the outfit that I wore for our Miss and Misery video, and I'm like, I still actually haven't seen it in person yet. <laughs> gonna have to go um it's been that long but uh but yeah we can't wait man i I love atlantic city i love new jersey in general because it's just you guys have been holding the rock and roll flag so high and you've never wavered you know there's no trend and no wave that can ever wipe that from you and i just admire you guys so much for that thank you for that and i mean the last time you were here the hard rock didn't even exist and i have passed by your outfit many times by the way it's in it's in good hands it's still there. It's still there. No, <laughs> yeah, nobody's stolen it yet. No, no, no. But uh, we hope to get you here in Atlantic City. You know, you got the new record coming out in May. Uh, you're a band that you switch up set lists. It's never the same thing. You, you have your staples, obviously. Does uh, it get harder and harder to get a set list together as you keep putting more records out? <laughs> it really does. That has become uh, one of the bigger dilemmas. So much so that this next tour that we're doing in the UK is just an evening with. So it's just us for about three hours because we're going to have so much material and and a lot of songs that we haven't played in a long time that are fan favorites. So we try to switch it up every night, no matter what, just because we have amazing, amazing super fans that come to like eight shows in a row. <laughs> and so you want to give them the best bang for their buck because I I can't even imagine doing that even for my favorite band. So I admire them very much. And and it's just fun for us too. It keeps us on our toes. And, and uh, that's, you know, that's where life happens. We also end up putting in little sections in our set that are just kind of improv and jamming. And we don't necessarily know how we're going to end it, but we have to communicate with each other, which is absolutely nerve wracking. And again, just the, the purest feeling of being alive. <laughs> 
I, I get it. And I, I love when I when I go see a band and they're playing something I didn't expect to hear. Because obviously everybody goes to the websites at setlist.fm and they get everything. And I'm guilty of that, too. But it's good when you switch it up. And the first time I ever saw you guys, and you're going to holler at me for this, was Atlantic City at the Old House of Blues when you opened up for Heaven and Hell. You were oh, you yeah. blew me out of the water. And then this guy, this guy right here left and didn't watch Heaven and Hell, and that was Dio's last show. Oh, no, I know. But none of us knew at the time, obviously. Um, we were shocked to find that out, that that was the last time. And, and the craziest thing about that whole story, man, is that we were not meant to be on that show. It was supposed to be Coheed and Cambria, but they dropped out, and we just so happened to be passing through going home to Pennsylvania after a tour. So... When we got the call, like, hey, do you want to just do one more show and open up for Heaven and Hell? We're like, absolutely. So it was just this crazy moment that happened that was never supposed to happen. So we just feel very honored and lucky to, at least myself, I'm I'm a huge Rising Dio fan and obviously the Black Sabbath as well. And so that was uh, that was an amazing I guess example of the stars aligning. <laughs> yeah. And then a few years later, again, one of my favorite concert moments you gave to me when Tom Kiefer comes out and you do Nobody's Full for the first time. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. You're, like, bringing up all my heroes. It's, that, that was amazing, too. Um, I remember the first time I talked to Tom because he, he's a huge reason why I sing the way I do now and, and, and the, the reason I play guitar, really. You know, also when I was... <laughs> I've told his wife this, actually, um, when I was 14, because when I was a teenager, I was a child of the 90s, but I was, like, super into 80s, and that's all thanks to you New Jersey folks. Um, <laughs> by the way, you're all, it's all your fault. But uh, but I had a crush on Tom Kiefer when I was, like, 14. So um, anyway, my, my guitar player and his guitar player were, like, had been in contact, and somebody got Tom Kiefer's number, and Tom's like, hey, have her call me. You know, we were in Alaska at the time or whatever, and so my guitar player comes up to me at, like, breakfast at the hotel. Or, you know, we're playing the Alaska State Fair or something, and he's like, hey, by the way, this is Tom Keeper's number. He wants you to call him in an hour. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> what? What is happening right now? You know, my all of a sudden I just reverted back to that 14-year-old self, and I'm just nervous on the phone and sweetest guy ever. And, uh, and yeah, man, it's like, it, it's the most incredible thing to like sing a song that you've known since you were a teenager with the guy that inspired you to do it. It's just amazing. Uh, listen, he was my first concert at 10 years old was the spectrum was Bon Jovi Cinderella. Oh my God. And I've I had a chance to interview and chat and meet Tom on many occasions. You're right. Yeah. The greatest guy, <laughs> just a super sweetheart. I was a child of the nineties, but I love the eighties because thank you MTV for, uh, exploding in my house. Hell yeah. The hair. I got it. We were talking about Cinderella and Tom Keeper. The hair. You had the long hair. You had a mohawk. You were rocking some Pat Benatar hair, then a little Joan Jett hair. Now it's blonde, I believe, the last time I saw you. Did you just get bored with hair? Yeah. Much to, much to I, I'm sure, my management and label chagrin because literally I'm, I'm a serial um, chameleon when it comes to that, and I don't know why. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to stick to maybe one thing for a, just a second this time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but I'm notorious for, we'll do, we'll do a photo shoot and then be like, ah, I'm going to change it up. <laughs> you know, I remember the first time we ever had, uh, we had a huge tour. I think we were, I forget what we were going out with, but it, it was around 2010 and we had just done this huge photo shoot. I had long kind of like dark hair with bangs and this actually wasn't my fault, but, uh, but <laughs> I went to this, uh, 
salon and this guy was one of those guys like, oh, I love the shape of your face. I'm going to do something crazy. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to give me layers or something. All of a sudden I had a purple mullet. <laughs> and uh, and then we went out on that tour. And then I looked at nothing like the photos. So I was just incognito the entire time. Who, who's <laughs> singing for a hailstorm um, now? Yeah, so, yeah that's. That's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to be better at that, though. I I'm, I promise. <laughs> so, quick questions. I don't even know. If first couple, you might not have any answers for me. We got a Super Bowl on uh, on Sunday. Rams or Bengals? I don't know if you're a football fan or not. Uh, you know, it's, I, I I love watching the game. I, I try not to commit because there's so many people in my band uh, that are are kind of being torn apart by that. Not torn apart, but they, <laughs> everyone has a different opinion. Um, but this time, uh, my Ironically, my little brother, who is from Pennsylvania, lived in California for a very short time, and then now lives in Nashville, is rooting for the Rams. So I'm going to have to go right. with little brother's situation. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I feel like halfway through, I end up rooting for the underdog anyway because yeah. I'm like, just get him. <laughs> Everyone expects this other one to win, so that's where that's where I'm at. It. I will go to any live game of anything ever, but I just don't follow it for some reason. If I get distracted, really, that's that's what it is. It's I got a little bit of little bit of ADD in me, and and I just can't keep up. <laughs> gotcha. Playing indoors or outdoors, what you do you prefer? Oh my gosh, um, I love both. Um, at this point in time, and our career i'll literally do anything um but there's something different with playing like the outdoor venues like the festival season it's it's like the entire audience is just this big monster and what i love about it is that everybody came here to see a different band and you get to win all of those fans over uh so i love i love doing that uh, when you're playing the indoor shows a lot of it is, is people that have either either heard of you or Mm-hmm. Have supported you in the past or whatever, so it's a little bit more predictable. So I'm guessing I'm guessing probably outdoor, but goddamn man, I, I will play a bowling alley at this point. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Sabbath or Metallica? Oh God, that's an impossible question. That is horrible. <laughs> Why did you do that to me? Well, the first riff I ever learned as as a guitar player was uh, "Heaven and Hell" by Black Sabbath. So they're near and dear to my heart. Right. But I've seen but I've seen Metallica like three times, and so I've seen them more than I've seen Sabbath. <laughs> gotcha. Um, damn it! All right, I'm gonna. Be, I'm just gonna go with Sabbath. I'm just gonna do it. They'll forgive me. Metallica will forgive me if I go with Sabbath. All right. Two 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 <laughs> quick ones here. Are you following it? Eddie Vedder versus Nikki Six? Uh, you know, I just heard about that. And man, I, I I've met Nikki in the past. He's always been super sweet to me. I do love Eddie Vedder. Uh, you know, it's 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 tough for me because I, I love Eddie. I also I have a huge soft spot for some hair metal, so I don't think it was necessarily called for to just stick it out there like that. Um, I also know that I've said some things after a bottle of wine, so. (laughs) There you go. And I'll give you one last one. You'll hate me for this one probably, too. Hailstorm debut or The Strange Case Of? Oh, my gosh. Um, You know what? I'm going to have to go with The Strange Case Of because we had a better idea of maybe what we wanted to do on the second one. You know what they say. You know, you you have your whole life to write your debut, and there's a bunch of songs on that album that I started when I was like 17. So it, it almost felt like, all right, I'm bringing my juvenile sense into this. And then uh, the strange case of it was kind of all new ideas. So I'm going right. to go with that. All right. May 6th, Back from the Dead will be available. Uh, I've already yeah. ordered the vinyl, by the way. I'll just let you know I'm a junkie with that. <laughs> Atlant- That's awesome. Atlantic City date. We hope something will happen. It's been a long time since we had you here. Always a pleasure. And I thank you for taking some time out with me, Lizzie Hale. 
Hey, anytime. A huge thank you to the to all the rock fans of New Jersey. We are holding those horns high and cannot wait to uh, to come and take over Atlantic City again. So well, it'll happen. Just keep your eyes and ears peeled. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. You take care and uh, continued success. We'll see you soon. Oh, thank you so much, darling. Great to hear your voice again. Great to hear you too. You too, darling. Have a good one.